On this episode of the Fifth Day State Podcast, I'll be talking about some of the things that have happened in the last couple of days in Parliament, uh, making comment on some potentially misleading or outright deceptive comments by the Premier, as well as um, sharing my thoughts on dealing with family at Christmas time. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Everyone, thank you for joining me here on this, on this, on this, on this, on this, the fifth episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast. Uh, my name is Cameron Blewett. I am the host, sole voice at the moment of this. Um, there's a lot to go through. Uh, Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so uh, getting onto it. Um, now, they've always said, um, I think it's a week is a long time in politics. Well, with what's been happening in Victoria, I would take that down to say a day or even overnight is a long time in politics because most of us went to bed uh, on Tuesday night thinking, yep, the bill's a done deal. Uh, we're going to be waking up to a new regime where it's going to be uh, dictator Dan going all the way. And then lo and behold, Wednesday, Adam Somurek hands his papers into the clerk uh, that uh, has provided his vaccination status and he comes out and says that he's not going to support the bill. And then everything went pear-shaped for the Andrews regime. Uh, dare I say, all hell broke loose, um, everything happened and now we have it where the uh, their supposedly urgent bill that was going to be debated and hopefully originally voted on on Thursday uh, is no longer urgent and it's been delayed. So it's been delayed till possibly the next sitting time, which is I think the 30th, uh, all parliament could be recalled uh, next week to go through it. So he has said that um, he's going to be voting against a bill. He doesn't support it. And even if he was still a cabinet member, that he would be um, going against. Uh, he would he would be you know uh, going putting his position across against the bill in parliament. That uh, sorry in cabinet that uh, it, it was. <laughs> disastrous, uh, taking too many civil liberties away, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so, what does that mean? I think that uh, what's going to happen now that the uh, the bill's been delayed, the the debate and vote on it. Uh, I think one of three things, or possibly one of four things, could happen. Um, four, you know, this one is, is definitely not going to happen. That the bill is just be withdrawn. Nothing comes in its place. The other option is to negotiate or discuss a new, totally new bill and this time he will get the Liberal Party on board which are the, at the moment, the leader. I'm saying at the moment the leader of the Liberal Party, Matthew Guy, has turned around and said that he would happily discuss uh, any new bills or, or legislation or anything like that with the Andrews regime. So that's an option there. If he does that and gets a Liberal Party on board, well, it's it's gone through. Uh, I think that possibly that one will be a case because, remember, the Liberal Party is going to want to use these powers at a later time too um, because if it comes to it where the Andrews regime is no longer in power, 
come November next year, then uh, whoever, uh, you know, Matthew Guy and the Liberal Party are going to want to use those powers as well because they've seen how effectively Dan's used it. Other option is that they find some way of um, offering a sweetener to Adam Sumurek to get him to not turn up to Parliament to vote. So technically he's not voting for it, he's just not voting against it because he won't be there to vote, so his vote won't be counted, which will give him the numbers. The other one that I think is more... um, See, I'm not sure whether there's any chance of, of that happening and after he's been thrown under the bus by the Andrews regime, I'm not sure whether he'd be... Uh, taking anything anyway. Uh, the other thing that I think is probably a 50 50 shot is that uh, they'll have some sort of negotiation with Catherine Cummings, who is the independent on the crossbench, um, and get some sort of agreement with her to get the amendments online on board with that. Um, I think that that may be enough. Uh, to get it across the line if they get uh, Cummings on board. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think it'll be one of those two. I think if there's anything, potentially she's probably the weak link uh, with regards to it. Um, she did vote with the government to uh, su- support the delay uh, in in the debate. So I think that there's a good chance that they may be able to get to her by consulting with her and, and all that sort of stuff. So, but anyway... We'll just have to wait and see what happens. I hope uh, that the bill's just ignored, um, though, you know, I I think that it's either negotiate with Cummings or negotiate with the Liberal Party. Uh, I'm not sure how much sway they're going to have on Somurek um, to to get him across the line or to get him to not vote or or do something or turn around and, and, you know, fake a um, positive COVID test for him. Who knows? I mean, anything is possible in this regime. Um, so something else. So while we're still talking about that, there was uh, the debate on Tuesday night. There was something interesting that was mentioned. Now, um, Andy Medic, in his big speech, he went on to uh, justify uh, his his venom that he was putting against um, people who would you say would be on the conservative side of the table now. Um, you know, anyone knows or he, all you could do is, is look at his um, philosophies and or his policies and, and how he supported the government with everything that they've done and I would say that Andy Medic is a very, very left-leaning uh, transactional member of the uh, Legislative Council. Now, he's turned around in, 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 um, in his speech and made a, a particular comment about what happened with uh, Tony Abbott way back in the federal election of, of whenever that was, um, when it was Abbott and Gillard in the race. Now, uh, I think that this is potentially misleading Parliament because he's actually said the wrong thing here. Um, he's turned around and said, and I'm reading from Hansard now, it says, let us bring it back. Let us remember the images of Tony Abbott standing under a sign that said, ditch the witch, kill Julia Gillard. That was on the signs. That was him. That was the stuff he was endorsing. Now, his his thing is that um, because uh, of, you know, claims of, of abuse and harassment and uh, things like that that have been received by him and the other crossbenchers for their support. Now, 
if you have a look at the, I mean, and I'll show you one of the images, the only image that I could find, it's all the same. Um, and actually there's two pictures, that uh, two posters or, or billboards or whatever you want to call them that Tony Abbott is standing in front of. Now, the one on the left-hand side says uh, Julia, it's J-U-L-I-A-R, so Bob Brown's bitch. And the other one says Ditch the Witch with a uh, silhouette of a witch on a broomstick. Now, I haven't been able to find any that have said kill Julia Gillard. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that that's, that's all it was. Um, oh, actually, there's, there's another one there and it's got um, Bronnie Bishop uh, standing in front of it as well. So, you know, why is Abbott being singled out when there's a woman standing in front of it? Anyway, um, but, you know, this is the thing. Um, here's Andy Medic. Uh, who wants equality and, and truth, justice, fairness and, and the socialist way, turning around and misleading parliament. Um, you know, uh, so we'll have to wait and see about that one. I will raise that one with him with his office uh, and hopefully get a correction uh, next time. I, I do think that he needs to update Hansard and correct it uh, for that one. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's the thing. Um, with that. So anyway, moving on to other things is that, um, you know, we've had another state of emergency uh, extension declared at 11.59 last night. So the current state of emergency runs from 11.59 last night up until I think it's 11.59 on the 15th of December uh, and then the 16th the, yep, 15th of December uh, is the extension. So then from there it's either whatever bill comes past. If there's no bill in um, passed and given royal assent by the 16th of, of December, hey, everything's a free-for-all. We get back to life as how it normally was. There's no vaccine mandates. There's no COVID passports. There's nothing like that. Um, that's what I'm hoping on because... As I've said before, I do not genuinely believe that this virus is a substantial threat to uh, public health and all that sort of stuff that it is being made out to be. Um, so now going on with that, I'm still waiting to see the 21st report. Um, if anything is to go by, that'll be tabled on the 30th or maybe a bit later then. Um, by rights, it should be tabled today in Parliament uh, because that's what the legislation says the next sitting day, uh, but hey, you know what, we know that this government doesn't play by its own rules, doesn't follow the legislation, just makes things up as it goes along. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. So um, as I was saying, so now really want to know why Professor Sutton, if he's there to, uh, you know, be proactive in protecting public health, why is he only pro promoting the jab? Why not anything else? Now, uh, there's, you know, growing evidence that there's a number of things that can be done. Uh, you reduce the prevalence prevalence of uh, these other comorbidities in uh, other people. So um, obesity, obesity is a big one, uh, yet, you know, nothing's being done to do that. Why doesn't he turn around and say, you know, okay, let's say, bang, no more fast food, um, you know, get people up and moving around uh, and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, so anyway, but, you know, and going back on, onto all of this, it, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things is that uh, we're reliant on the government too much. We don't take responsibility for our own things. We don't, um, you know, we don't want a life of risk. We want a life of safety and we think, oh, you know, everything's going to keep us safe and, and all that sort of good stuff. Um, and we expect the government to do that. And this is what the problem is, is that, you know, have a look at, you know, life, you know, up until, you know, modern times, I'd say probably last 30 years, um, you know, there was risks in everything. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. I, I really don't know what's going on with the world that, we're giving up liberty for a perception of, of safety. And as I've said in a previous episode, safety is a feeling. Um, now, I do want to get them to uh, comments by Premier Andrews about that. Um, uh, so actually, I might get into all of that now. So um, Daniel Andrews has been doing the um, publicity circuit uh, for the last couple of days. Oh, he's really hardcore this morning uh, promoting stuff because, hey, you know, we've reached the 90% jab rate uh, and and things like that. So it's going to be, hey, you know, he's getting the chance to get out in the media and, and big note himself and talk about how good he is and how great Victorians are and how proud he is because we've done the hard yards and all that sort of BS. Um, yet when it comes down to it, we're only at that rate because he's coerced us. He has threatened our livelihoods. He's threatened our family. He's removed our ability to uh, go anywhere, um, you know, and he's literally coerced us into doing what he wants. Um, so, and, and this is the thing. I happen to be flicking along to uh, Triple J. Don't normally listen to it. Um, was it Triple J? No, I think it was 3 Triple R. Anyway. One of those radio stations had a compare on it um, when he was talking about the jab and, and all that sort of stuff. And now then he, there was a guy that came on uh, who said that he didn't want it. Um, I, mind you, I only got onto the tail end of it. And uh, this person who called in turned around and said, well, he had no other choice. He had to get it because the government was taking away his ability to go to uh, things like NA meetings and all that sort of stuff. And these companies turned around and said, you know, what were you scared of? And it's just like, well, it, who's he to say what people are scared of and to, um, you know, to uh, downplay what someone may or may not be scared of? And, you know, it, it's the thing this person turned around and, you know, they were right in what they said is that they have concerns about the heavy-handed way that this rollout came when, um, you know, it, it, it's for a virus that doesn't do that much. Um, and then obviously that was uh, poo-pooed over by the, uh, the, the the compare at the time, the talking head, uh, and then this guy was cut short and then it went on to someone else who just pushed the whole leftist, um, the mantra of, of you know, um, get the jab and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, as I've said all along, it, it's interesting where... Prior to last year and this year, it was always my body, my choice. Now it is your body, my choice. Um, so we have to do things for the collective good. Well, no. Um, if we have to do things, actually, you know, let's go down that path for a minute. Let's, if we have to do things for the collective good, 
okay, no more drinking, no more smoking because look at how many people die through, um, you know, have um, an alcohol-related death, whether it's um, vehicle collisions on the road, um, whether it's, you know, uh, excessive alcohol consumption and all that, or alcohol-related illnesses and everything like that. Get rid of that. Let's get rid of health food, um, health food, fast food, uh, because, you know, we know that there's an obesity pandemic pandemic coming on um or it's already here bang let's do that let's get rid of that let's get rid of smoking because you know that doesn't do that good for the community because you know you may be exercising what you think is your right to smoke but hey you know people standing out the front when they're having their chuff 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 puff uh at the supermarkets or at the shopping doors outside someone has to walk through that crap when they walk in um not Let's get rid of cars altogether because, hey, you know what? If we got rid of cars, there'd be no deaths on the road. Uh, Let's bring everyone back to push bikes Uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, where do you end? Where do you end? Um, So, anyway, um, but this is the thing, you know, everything is a risk. It's not up to the government to decide uh, to keep us safe or anything like that. Um, You know, we have our own decisions to make. We... um, you know, let us make our own risk assessments. Now, getting onto that, I'll actually get into um, the comments made by uh, Supreme Leader Andrews. Now, I just want to play this one and then I'm, I'm going to talk about this one because I think this is something that we, um, you know, really need to take him to task for. Oopsie doozies, that's the wrong one there. That is my swear button and I haven't sworn for a while so I probably won't need to do that. Now, this is the thing. Um, now, really undecided about the whole um, threatening people and threatening families and all that sort of stuff because uh, let's remember, Dan Andrews and Professor Sutton and um, Health Minister Foley and all that sort of stuff um, have done that. They've threatened people's families. They've threatened people's livelihoods. They've threatened people's abilities to go out um, and... For that, so I mean, you know, where's where's the difference? Just because um, Andrews is part of the ruling class, does that mean to say he gets to threaten everyone else? And yet, you know, we can't. You know, not saying that we should. I don't agree with that. Um, you know, make threats against his because you know he's going to be the victim. What about all these other people who've lost their jobs because they don't want to be coerced into a medical procedure? Um, you know, they're the victims and all this. What about all those people who have been cursed, coerced into participating in this therapeutic regime or regimen um, because they have um, no other choice? They have to do it, otherwise they're going to lose their jobs, which is going to lose their ha- you know, homes. They're not going to be able to provide for their families or eat themselves. So what about all those people? Do you think it's fair that, or right that he can do that? Now, also, now before I go down that rabbit hole again, um, let's just remember is that the Premier is threatened all the time. That's why he has constant police protection. Uh, he's got a two-member, from what I understand, it's a two-member protective detail that are with him any time he goes out in public. Now, that hasn't just happened. That happened way back when he had his um, <coughs> fall, uh, way back in March of last year, uh, it's happened before then. It's happened probably ever since he's been 
um, potentially leader of the opposition or, or premier. So, you know, to turn around and just say, oh, it's something new, well, you know, that's that's misleading, that is being deceptive and that is deliberately play, portraying himself as the victim when he's not the victim through all of this. He's the one that has pushed all this stuff on us. Now, speaking of pushing all this stuff on us, um, I just wanted to talk about this one. Be really clear and hear this message. Uh, I will not be deterred from the work I'm doing to keep every family safe. Now, that's interesting because it's the thing, when, since when has it been the job, job of the government to keep every family safe? And now, also talking about that, he hasn't said what he's keeping us safe from. So that way you have to imply or have to believe that he's keeping us safe from everything. So what? Um, bit of space debris falls out from the sky. Well, hey, you didn't keep us safe from that. Um, some undesirables come walking down the street and create a home invasion. You didn't keep us safe from that. Um, you know, what is he keeping us safe from? And, you know, it, it's the thing. Safety is only a feeling because if you have a look uh, at that, what was it? 85% of Victorians are more scared of COVID now than they were at the start of the pandemic. Um, I think it's 85%. I'll try, I'll try and find the news article uh, for that. So, you know, but this is the thing. Safety is a feeling um, and it's not his job to keep us safe. Now, the other other misleading thing that I want to play is another bit from Dan Andrews while he was doing his little round today. Uh, when he was talking, uh, responding to comments made by the Prime Minister. Look, let's be clear. We've had to do lockdowns. We had to, as the Prime Minister says, be in people's lives because there was no vaccine. Now, that is total and utter, dare I say it, bullshit. He didn't lock, we weren't in lockdowns because there was no vaccines. We were in lockdowns because him and uh, Professor Sutton and his whole corrupt health department decided that that's what they wanted to do. You know what? And and as I've said right at the start, let's say I accept the whole 15 days to flatten, 14 days to flatten the curve. I accept that because it was something new. This is what we believed was going to come. We thought it was going to be some massive thing that was going to wipe the population out. We just had to lock down for, for 14 days just to flatten the curve a bit so our health system wouldn't be swamped. Since then, we've got a plethora of data. I'm not talking about modelling by whatever institute gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to create bullshit out of, out of that's what they're doing, um, and use that to justify whatever draconian measures that the government wants to bring in. I'm talking about genuine modelling where we know what people have passed with this virus and, you know, this with this virus, not from this virus, with this virus. Um, or with the disease, um, you know, so we know that. We know who it's going to, you know, what population group it's likely to target. We know all that sort of stuff because we've got nearly two years of data, yet they're not paying attention to that. They're paying attention to some bullshit modelling, which is a guess. If I turn around and have a guess about something, why is, it, why is that less important than what their guessing is? Oh, because they're using supercomputers. Well, whoopty freaking do it's been wrong for uh, for how many times is just oh, i really don't know um and you know it, it's the thing it's yeah sorry just one of those things that it, it just 
bugs me that um, people just put too much credence and allow these people to get into our lives and listen and accept the bullshit that comes out of their mouths and the corrupt press doesn't stand up to them and say, hey, hang on, that's not the case. You have the Public Health Act, you know, um, legislation. You're the ones that locked down. It wasn't because of the lack of vaccine. Remember, right at the start, there was no vaccine. Um, and yet, hey, they still kept us locked down. We were told 15, uh, 14 days to flatten the curve. Then it was, oh, we'll only do it till there's jabs. The jabs come out. Oh, we've got to do it till we get 80. Oh, no, we've got to do it till we get 75%. Oh, we'll do it till there's COVID zero. Now we can't get to COVID zero. We've got to live with it. Oh, that's all right. We'll open up now. But, hey, the unclean among us, you know, those who haven't had the jab, they can be excluded from society. And really, you know, you you you, you don't think that there's similarities between what is happening now and what happened 60 or 70 years, uh, 80 years ago. 90, actually, no, we're in the 20s. 90 years ago now. Um, you know, just wake up and, and, and smell the... Smell the BS that's going on. Um, you know, it, it's the thing is that um, if you have a look, there's 10 steps to uh, genocide and I generally believe we've, we've met nine of them. Um, I think that in all honesty we are only a signature away from genocide, um, you know, and it's, it, yeah, it, it, it is for rational people out there, you should be genuinely scared. It's time to um, deliberately delegitimize these governments they have no no right or no authority to be getting into our lives with the way that they are um you know what they're there to ensure that our rights aren't uh, infringed upon our rights that are not given to us by them they're infringed upon by them they're taken away by them and we need to take it back we need to start contacting every single member that you can in your area. Now, there has been a um, boundary redistribution uh, and I'll probably get into that one in a later episode. Um, so whoever your local, um, your upper house representative is now for the region may not necessarily be the same one when the redistribution comes into effect just before the next election. Uh if you go to ebc.vic.gov.au or, or something along those lines, um, you'll find out what the redistribution is. But I will be talking about that one in a future episode. Um, but this is the thing. We need to be talking about um, – talking with our, our elected representatives and get them on board and just say, listen, we will not support you if you support this. We need you to get out of our lives. Um, you know what? I've, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I'm uh, fairly vocal with the gaslighting that the federal member for Scullin does. Uh, he seems to be gaslighting there and deliberately deceiving people um, by pushing a particular narrative. Um, haven't reached out to his office yet, but I will um, undoubtedly do that a bit later on. Um, so maybe in the lead up to the election, see how it's going uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, but. Um, you know, th this is the thing, is that we need to stop stop allowing the ruling class to come in and, and decide what is good for us and what isn't. I mean, what gives them the right or the ability or the authority to do that? What gives Professor Sutton, who potentially has um, a different agenda, uh, to decide that, hey, 
these four jabs are for you. Or one of these four jabs is for you, and I can, you know, I'm the one that decides what uh, things that you can use, what exemptions you have. What you know, what makes him a, a better judge of my public health than myself and my doctor? And from that part, what you know, why why does he think that I should be happy or I should be comfortable sharing that information with everyone else? I mean, I'm sure if you tapped him on the shoulder and say, hey. I want to know about this. Let me know what jabs you've had. Let me, okay, tell me, have you ever had this shot? Have you had that shot? He'll turn around and say, no, none of your business. And yet for supposedly a killer virus that isn't because it has a 1.116 or 17% fatality rate, we have to hand that information over. Um, so, uh, yeah, actually just getting onto that, but I want to touch on um, before I get onto the next thing about dealing with Christmas now, um, Blaze TV I did mention this one uh, the other day. The um, COVID lies and cover-up uh, premiered uh, lunchtime yesterday. Now, I'm going to be watching that one today and I'll go into it more on the next episode, um, probably dedicate it to that one. But there's a lot of stuff in that. I've just watched a couple of previews of it that is concerning, like, uh, for example, that the US government, which I think is probably potentially Fauci's organisation, has a... Um, contract with Moderna to um, as co-ownership with their vaccine. Um, so, you know, the Moderna vaccine is co-owned by the US. Um, so, you know, it, it's it, it's very, very concerning. Um, there's other stuff that's going on in that. Um, so I will uh, cover off on that one um, a bit later on. Um uh, yeah, in, sorry, in the next episode. Um, but, you know, before I move on to the, uh, actually, I'll move on to that one. So I'll talk about that one in the next episode. Um, but, yeah, so coming up to this time of the year, I'm getting a bit all over it here um, because, you know, it, it's something that I really want to watch and, and really have a look at and, and get into. Now, um, one of my least favourite TV shows, um, what is it? I think it was Sunrise. Um, did that whole thing about Christmas dinner. And let's listen. Now, as Christmas approaches, many of us will be faced with a new dilemma, how to handle unvaccinated loved ones and whether you should spend time with them over the festive season, sit next to them at Christmas dinner. Now, this is the thing. Like, really, um, has it come down to that, that you can't sit next to your unvaccinated family member at Christmas time. I mean, what a load of absolute crap. Um, and, and, you know, this is the other thing. This is going back to the, the whole contempt that the ruling class has for us. Um, you know, these people, um, you know, the, the, the corrupt corporate press, the corrupt politicians, the politicians who are transactional and only do things um, so they can get something out of it. Uh, you know, this this all needs to end. We we need to turn around and um, you know say enough is enough. Um, come next November next year, I really want to see the whole of Spring Street swept out. Um, you know, as I said, maybe a couple stay back in. Um, you know, the um, Liberal Democrats um, want to have maybe a bit of a chat to to them. Uh, not sure if I can in in couple of episodes. I'm not sure whether I've had enough um, episodes here for to them to um, uh, have a chat with me. But, you know, I actually I might reach out and see what they say and 
um, see if they can, you know, swing me across the line to join the party. And, and you know, as I've said, I'm, I'm made it clear. I think party political parties are are the problem. Um, so you know, I'd love to see two houses full of independents. That way, we get rid of the premier because there is no need for a premier because the parliament does things and it goes to the governor for approval. Cabinet should be made of, um, I think, ministers, you know, cabinet, obviously ministers, but I don't think that they should be recruited from within parliament. I think that they should be civilians um, and go through the whole process that they do in the US that any time there's a minister, it actually goes through a, um, a review process and then they get grilled they get questioned on things. I think that that's what we need to be doing with our parliament, move away from political parties. Ministers are obviously ministers of, of state, um, but they're recruited from outside of parliament. That way uh, you don't keep the bullshit uh, of party politics and, and ministers doing things because it's for the party way and and all that sort of stuff. And we have people who will have a um, genuine thing. And, I mean, you know, maybe we do get... Um, you know, attorney generals who have an understanding of law and we do have um, small business ministers who do understand small business uh, and health ministers who do actually understand health rather than just the, um, you know, whatever the, the, the excuse is that, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I need to give this one a, because they did a few favours for me. I owe this person, I oh, will just make a minister or we'll make him an assistant minister. So they get to bump up their salary a bit and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, all, all that needs to end. Um, hopefully we can see it at the next parliament or the one after. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's time that, that you know, come November next year we take our house back. We take back parliament. We turn around and say, no, enough with the party politics. This is what we need to do um, and everything like that. But anyway... Um, Expect a bit more of a rant uh, come next year about that when we get closer to election season and uh, all these politicians start going out and kissing babies and pretending about how good they are and how much they've done for us in the last four years and how much we need to vote for them because they're going to do this for us and that for us and everything else. Uh, So anyway, um, I think that was about it for this one. I'm sure there's going to be something that I've missed uh, hopefully I'll get into it on the next episode. Uh, in the meantime, um, thanks for listening. My name is Cameron Blewett. This was the Fifth Estate Podcast. Till next time, bye for now.